everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Chop Maoni. I am your host, Wagare, and I'm here with my co-hosts. Miss Sophie, how have you guys been? I hope you've been good, because we are doing great. Yes. So, now, Sophie, I wanted to talk about something yeah. uh, that actually came up a few, I think maybe two months ago or so, mm-hmm. and it's starting to becoming a, become a big topic these days. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's about uh, climate change. Um, and actually, this first came onto my radar when the Amazon jungle was burning. Yeah. I started to think of this in context. I mean, Amazon jungle is in Latin America. I mean, it's far. Where in East Africa really <laughs> is like, okay, how do I, why do I care about this? And how is this going to impact me? Really? Yeah. But when you think about it, mm-hmm. um, I started thinking of it uh, as the media was inundating us with the information of, of its burning. Yeah. In terms of uh, the resources that we have in our, in our, in our world, yeah. uh, why we should try to keep them and maintain them in a good uh, condition, mm-hmm. and what our responsibility as people who are not Brazilians or, or any of the Latin American countries that host the Amazon, yeah. what is our interest in, in uh, ob- obligation to kind of these world resources. Yeah. Do we have an ownership on Amazon? Like if it's burning down, and yeah. if, for those who don't know the story, um, the Amazon uh, a few months ago was on fire. Is, is it done? Has it stopped? I mean, I think it's not as big as before, yeah. but the Amazon was on fire yeah. uh, because there were a lot of the deforestation practices um, for farming, right. for mining the timber. The slash and burn Exactly, problem. exactly. So the policy of, the, of Brazil mm-hmm. And other countries that host the Amazon was, you know, deforest, yeah. uh, grow a lot of crops and have farmland and then develop these farmlands for sale, for development of, of cash crops and, and other um, agricultural products. Yeah. Um, so, the, so the question to me was, okay, first of all, the Amazon mm-hmm. is like they call it the world the world's lungs right yeah uh, for those of you who don't know uh the amazon generates about 28% of the all the oxygen world, world's oxygen the rest about 70% which i didn't know I, I was researching this the other day yeah 70% comes from phytoplankton in the oceans uh-huh. so marine uh, plants are the ones that generate most of the oxygen on the earth so science but at the rate at which we are burning the forest right. and at the rate we are kind of pushing climate, uh, global climate change, even as this might also affect the marine uh, plants oh, yeah. that will then now have problems generating this oxygen. So it's all kind of like a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was like, hey man, 30, 30% of the world's rainforest, and of course Amazon is one of the largest. Right. Um, and then if you put this in perspective, I was yeah. also starting to do the math. I was like, okay, Amazon is big, but I mean, we have the Congo forest. Congo forest is I mean, pretty, pretty huge. Big. Yeah? They were also having the same issues. issues yeah? Yeah. Um, you have the one in guess Indonesia. How, guess how much larger yeah. the Amazon is than, than the Congo. Congo. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, I remember w- during the whole fire incident, mm. I, there was something to the tune of 906,000 hectares mm-hmm. were burning. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're a Kenyan mm. listening, you know mm. how much we value land. Mm-hmm. I mean, even having an eighth mm. is such a big deal. Ne- what? Yeah. An eighth. Mm. So can you imagine 906,000 hectares? You guys, let me, t- let me tell you because I did the math. Eh? The Amazon is three times larger than the Congo 
three Congo times Forest. and Congo is pretty big and it's pretty big I my, my husband yeah. was telling me because he, he was fly sometimes when he flies to South Africa he, he flies over the Congo forest and they fly they fly they fly they stop they, <laughs> they fly, fly they fly they fly they stop fly they fly they fly and the Congo is still not ishaying. So I try to put that in perspective with the Amazon. Three times. Three times. I've never been to Congo, so I don't know the size. So I was like, okay, let me put it in perspective of Karura. Karura, we all know. Yeah. <laughs> If you so, live in Nairobi, yes. Karura. Yeah. Amazon Kar- Amazon is 500,000 times, times larger than Karura Forest. That's You guys, can you put that even in perspective? I can even. And Karura is pretty big. I mean, from I can't When I you're mean, standing in us, Karura, you feel like this is a pretty big place. It's pretty big place. So, um Karura is 11 square kilometers, which doesn't even sound It much. Even so much. Congo is 1.8 million square, square kilometers. kilometers and the Amazon Amazon is, is 5.5 million square kilometers. So, there you have it. So, now for us, you know, and and now then now, mm. marry that with this whole now months later and actually today, this Gret, uh, Greta Thun, Thun, Thunberg This Swedish uh, girl teenager yeah. is now the champion for climate change, right. and everybody's activi- a- an activist, and she's really tough talking. Yeah, the people she, in there, she's Canada's like, guys. "How dare you? You, we would, <laughs> I would blame you, and we'll forgive you, and shame on you." Okay, in there, you're in there. Adults are like, crying. Adults are like, "I imagine shame on me for you." <laughs> um, so it's becoming a big issue. And then one interesting thing that she said yeah. was, um, "You know, the reason for us." It's a little bit we think about it and we're like okay hey climate change is bad you know things are happening but by the time it's really really affecting us we'll be dead and gone or like we'll be old enough and be like I've lived my life it's been fantastic die. whatever um, but for them it's something that, that is in their lifetime yeah. they, they have to live with climate change uh, temperatures are increasing that means they're going to like all the glaciers are going to melt uh, the sea levels are going to rise Uh, farm Maldives is going to <laughs> submerge and Kiribati. Yeah, and, so it's it's, yeah. it's a big it's a big thing for them. I think it's going to be the next big thing. So I think I think about it. I think in context of the kids, eh? to how much how how much should we care about climate change? Do we care? It's is it one of those things that you just hear on CNN and you're just like, ah, oh, those are Western problems. problems. You're just like, you guys going to cry, you guys cry, cry about climate change. Us, we are going to go and help mm. us, you know, Korogosho and see what's <laughs> happening with our slum areas and agriculture. We're still trying to farm. We're now exporting oil, which is now big climate change. No, no problem. Uh, when we have geothermal, which I don't even understand why we're not trying to take advantage of, but uh, we have so we have a responsibility to to making sure climate change is controlled and um I, I but it's it, but it's also unfair in in a sense i mean what what do you think it's a difficult concept to wrap your brain around because first of all it's a really big thing yeah. when you think about it as an individual on an individual level you think there's absolutely nothing i can do mm-hmm. about mm-hmm the global temperature rise yeah. uh, they say they estimate and every year the scientists are saying this year this year is hotter than the last one mm-hmm. and it's going to progressively get worse mm-hmm. so when you hear something like that and i'm living in kenya in nairobi and i'm like i there's nothing i can do about the glaciers it's so far removed from me and yeah. i feel powerless mm. in all of that But um, we are experiencing it. So my husband Ted is a farmer, mm-hmm. and this last season was terrible for him, mm-hmm. and he can see it clearly because there was no rain. Mm-hmm. So the predicted levels of rain that were expected did not happen, mm-hmm. and every uh, every month it seemed like the weatherman was readjusting his forecast mm-hmm. and saying, 
brace yourselves. It's mm. it's it's much worse than we thought. Mm. So there's a clear impact, at least for us here in East Africa. Yeah. We can see that, and this was felt across the entire region. So Uganda had the same challenges mm -hmm. with rain levels, TZ, Rwanda, all of us. Mm -hmm. We feel it right now as it's happening. Even as we say it's something that our kids will have to worry about, it's actually happening as we mm -hmm. see it. Mm -hmm. So there's drought, mm -hmm. which means... There's scarcity of food, which yeah. means next is scarcity of water. Yeah. So if there's no water, I can promise you, and guys have predicted that the next war will mm. be centered about water. Water. Yeah. It will not be about minerals or oils. It will yeah. be water. And I mean that that is really that that is rings so true because even yeah. what, what exacerbates the issue yeah. is that with climate change. Okay, so the what uh, Greta this this teenager keeps talking about yeah. is that you know we had like four four hundred twenty five gigabytes of uh, carbon dioxide in the in the earth yeah and we need to reduce it yeah um oh i, I think it's like the the budget or, or something like that and I, in 2018 it was 425 and now it's like 300 and uh it's gone down to 360 uh -huh. so every month we're doing about 0 0.05 gigabytes yeah. of carbon dioxide in in this uh, like we're producing, we're producing. yeah we're, we're reducing the budget by that yeah. and she's like in eight years time we're going to have we're going to have finished that and the temperature is going to go up by about 1.5 degrees and if that happens huge. glaciers start melting yeah once glaciers start melting sea levels start, start rising. rising once sea levels start rising it starts uh, seeping into the i mean of course you know islands start going down coastal cities are affected yeah and the water starts seeping in into the underground reservoirs yeah so the, even the fresh water that we have starts getting polluted. And so now, scarcity of water, like you said. Yeah. So if you've lived in Nairobi, mm. you know that scarcity. We've been experiencing it. And mm. I think it was last year when our dam, the mm. major dam that, source, that provides water for Nairobi and its environs, mm. Dakaine, was at its lowest. Mm -hmm. It got to such a critical level and people have experienced it firsthand, the rationing, um, having to purchase water and not even being sure about where this water is coming from and its safety. So there's, there's real impact f mm -hmm. from climate change. We might not see it on a global scale and be like, oh, the glaciers are melting. Mm -hmm. Like the glaciers can melt. In fact, it would be good because we need water. But mm -hmm. now that you, you, you show the cascading effects. Yeah. So now that we are worried, and you say it very interestingly, we are worried, we are concerned about people living in the slum. Mm -hmm. So if you can't live in the coastal town that you used to live in, you're likely to have to move. You yeah. become, and they have a term for this, and the word is, it's, it's a climate change refugee. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's already happening in some places where people can no longer live in their homes mm. because it's flooded mm -hmm. or because of the drought or the lack of water. So these people are trying to move whether within their own country or to other countries. And given how people are tightening and closing yeah. their borders, it's yeah. becoming a proper crisis. Yeah. So now you have more people having to leave their homes and f and f and move into cities. That means the city's resources are stretched. So you have mm -hmm. more people in the slum, mm -hmm. and all of this is connected. Yeah. And so when you think of it that way, there's a part of you that is like, we are totally screwed. Mm -hmm. There's nothing we can do about mm -hmm. it. And then there's the other part of, you know, we need to do something. But mm -hmm. what is that something? How do we? Now that Brazil is burning, mm -hmm. or rather the Amazon is burning for 45 days, mm -hmm. all that carbon is being released into exactly. the air. All the carbon dioxide that we were trying to get rid of yes. is now 
at a going much at faster rate. rate yeah. So you just like you throw your hands up. Yeah. Yeah. So even there's a question <laughs> even is about one, okay, on, on one level, yeah, there's this whole thing of carbon emissions and yeah. the science or the economics be- behind um, carbon emissions and you know how co- uh, countries, developed countries now have to buy credits for for emitting uh, and, and all of that. Yeah. But what 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 is evident and what even Kina Greta and her what, what are they called? Are they millennials? They're not they're, they're zennials, whatever they're her called. Her group, yeah, <laughs> you know, her generation, her girl band, are saying that we it's all lip service. Yeah, uh, people are emitting much more than they're allowed to emit. There, there are no consequences. We're talking about this earlier. Yeah, the consequences of not following the rules. Yeah, then are nil. Yeah. They're, they're written, but they're not enforced. Yeah. So we have this big problem. And then, so then the second question is, who is the owner of these resources? Does the Amazon belong to the countries in Latin America, Brazil at all? Or does it belong to the world? This is like Lake Victoria or the Nile. There are always these fights, you know, about, you know, who owns the Nile yeah. and all of that. Um, Lake Victoria, we always have those, those problems. Who owns Lake Victoria? Is it, does it belong to the three countries, yeah. Kenya, Tanzania and uh, Uganda? Yeah. Or is it the world's resource? Yeah. You know, because it's also attached to the Nile. Yeah. The Nile goes through all these countries. Uh, countries. And yeah. And, and I think um, I was reading earlier, just before I came here, about, uh, I think it's Gabon, who got uh, some money to help them maintain to defray the cost of not using the forest as a resource um, in the economy. So this idea of like, if you don't burn our beloved forests, we will compensate you you for the money that you would have lost. Yeah, you would have lost. And that's interesting because even with the Amazon burning with these big farms, those farms, the the, the farm products are not consumed in Brazil. They're exported to the US, Europe. So to what... A responsibility do they have to ensuring that uh, they are getting uh, that the products that they're getting are not actually going around back and destroying the earth as, yeah. as we go so i i feel strongly that the, the amazon doesn't belong to brazil, brazil alone yeah. and its neighbors it doesn't the like victoria doesn't belong to the three countries these big resources yeah. should be looked at as world resources owned by the world and we should maybe they should be governed by some somebody like an international body on world resources to say how it should be used or not used but it's a complex thing because they are tied very closely to the economy yeah if you're not able to use so and i think that idea of the way gabon is is doing it where they're given money to compensate for not uh, using that but as is a that resource. sustainable Do i'm not sure but yeah. at least it should be it should be something that we should think about instead yeah. of giving countries aid yeah, Instead of helping us with Sidri, all these aid, refugees. Yeah, useless aid <laughs> programs that really do nothing at the end of the day. Yeah. Why don't you use that money that as a, yeah, it should be money given for um, to the economies for the use of, of those resources. Well, it makes a lot of sense, but who's supposed to give this aid? Is it the, the, the countries that are the largest It should largest be like polluters? a World Bank body, like a body that gets this money yeah. and then there's a formula yeah. or something where people are like, okay, <laughs> you know, this is how the money should be divided and it's agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I haven't really thought this through very well, but I think, <laughs> I think that would be something that would be, be, be better. Yeah. Because yeah. I think, um, and it's clear and it's been shown that actually the people who are affected most by the climate change atrocities are the less developed countries. Mm-hmm. So the largest producers of the carbon dioxide do not feel the impact like mm-hmm. we do downstream. Mm. Okay, so for example, plus they've also already developed. So they've already developed. So they're like, we don't care. Yeah, so we, are, we, are, we can afford to move to carbon neutral. Nini, nini, but us guys are here. Like we've got oil. We've got oil. Yeah, you know? and they're like, yeah, turn to solar. Turn to solar. I know. Like, you guys, it costs us everything to turn yeah. to solar. Mm. So 
they should take and i think that is what the whole paris agreement mm. was all about yeah. that we also reach some sort of an accord which says we can only produce so much carbon dioxide per year and then with the express goal of reducing but we're not serious about it no, nobody is serious about it what I so mean, if you produce more what happens nothing you get your finger finger pointed yeah, at your face i guess i just like yeah you didn't do it and You're be like so yeah bad. i didn't do it right, yeah so yeah. i mean the us pulled out and yeah. and that was the end of that story mm. And they were very upset about it. I mean, mm. the rest of the world was upset, but the US was like, "Yeah, okay, do what you want." So, I think. Wait, 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 wait. Patricia, I see you waving in the back. Do you have any input on this? As you're talking about this, I want to know because policies have failed us, and you have already said they failed us. How are we supposed to know? I mean, what? Because policies are not going to help us, even as Greta is out there telling us, "How dare you?" Mm-hmm. What are we supposed to do? I mean, the policies are not going to help mm-hmm. us. There's no one in government who's trying to actually make it a better issue. Mm-hmm. So, what are we supposed to do as everyday people, mm-hmm. and especially as young people? Because, I mean. No offense, but you guys who are old are going to die soon. So <laughs> it's not going to be a problem anymore. Yeah. You know? So what is what are we supposed to do? Because, I mean, we, we, we've been told, go through the system. Yeah. Our system has failed us. Yeah. So. I mean, at the end of the day, policy policy is as policy does. Yeah. What What is policy? What are these referendums? Why do we always call these climate change referendums? To be honest, where mm-hmm. we are right now, it's been all talk. Yeah. Right? It has been all talk. People have signed up to these agreements. Some people actively pull out. Yeah. So if the person who's producing most of the, doing most of the carbon uh, pollution is yeah. pulling out, then what, what are the rest of us doing? And if, they, and if they're doing it um, as a world power yeah. so that they can be able to produce more, then why should us as small, smaller countries do that? Yeah. Um, and policy also, policy is, what is policy? Policy can only be effective if you have backing legislation. Yeah. What is backing legislation if there's no consequences for the obeying the law? Yeah. If there's nothing like that, then we're all, we're all in the business of just chapa mdomo, <laughs> to be honest. And that's why I, I really, it, Greta really, it re- resonated with me when she was like, how dare, dare you? you. Yeah. She was like not mincing her words. But by the same token, yeah. I feel like Greta is the hot topic of the day. And, yeah. and next week... We're going to be talking else. about something different. And also, a lot of these activism movements are the same. Yeah. Exception maybe like Hong Kong where people actually, <laughs> to they, the they, they had some change. Yeah. But I don't really feel like this is going to make much change. I don't we'll think so. We'll be scolded so that what? Yeah. That's the thing. I think we've reached that point of so what? And I think the only changes that can happen, I see them happening on a community level. So as a community, you decide, say a community of Lovington or whatever mm-hmm. area that you live in, whether through your school or your church or other relationships or neighborhood, the, like what Kilimani project is trying mm-hmm. to do, you have to make the effort as that community and say, in this space where we live, this is what we're going to do to address this issue of climate change. Something as easy or rather as simple as just putting trash in the right place. It Can, has to... Yeah, I, I think, Sophia, that really resonates with me. Yeah. Because 
Um, as you drive on Waiyaki Way, yeah. um, I don't know which part, it, whether it's called Uhuru, I don't know where it stops being called Waiyaki Way and starts being called, I don't know. I think but Hapo, when you reach Uthiru, yeah. you find there's a lot of uh, vendors who are selling their wares, you know, clothes, uh, secondhand clothes, uh, vegetables, everything there. over there. Yeah? yeah. But you look at the conditions in which they are selling. Uh, mm-hmm. There's trash everywhere. It's smelling. Yeah. It's just a filthy, dirty environment to, to work in. Yeah. Yet... They are not interested in ensuring that their conditions of living or, or trade are good. Yeah. They come every single day yeah. to a dirty, filthy, uh, polluted area and continue to sell. Uh, and they are, and they and customers still come, right? Yeah. So to me, that says to me that people have delegated this away. It doesn't matter how much it affects them. Yeah. It affects them directly. Like how much more directly can it be to yeah. you? You're, you're selling in trash. You're yeah. selling in a polluted place. Sir. Yeah. But you're, you have delegated that the, your condition to government. And, and if you go and tell them like, why aren't you guys picking up trash? Ah, because yeah, Gava. Yeah. And he, this is Gava's problem. Yeah. Yet, Gava has not done anything. That place has not changed since yeah. forever. Yeah. yeah. And yet they still do nothing yeah. and are willing to live in those conditions because they've delegated that responsibility to someone else yeah. as opposed to taking uh, responsibility themselves. themselves. Yes, I know people are paying taxes and all of that, but if you're not see your taxes, uh, <laughs> how long, how, how willing are you to be complacent in your own, uh, the detriment of your life condition? Yeah, I think that, and that's the apathy, unfortunately, is something that that is seen across the Kenyan life. We are very apathetic. Uh, we mm-hmm. complain a lot, mm-hmm. but when it comes to those small initiatives, that, things that we can do on our own, mm-hmm. we are not willing, we're not ready. It's, we see it as too much of a sacrifice. Yeah. You're asking too much of me. Yeah. But behavior the, change. How, how do you change How do you behavior? change behavior? There's a happy story I can share with you, at least about a group that is doing something. Mm-hmm. And I read this um, a while ago. There's a community in Kikuyu that is trying to reclaim their wetland. So on your way after you've passed Waiyaki Way, mm. and there's this area in Lemuru. Mm. That I'm, big, that yeah, big area. Marsh. That marsh. Mm. There's an amazing story about this group, and they are all residents of that area. They noticed that the wetland was being depleted. And you know, wetlands are like the primary place where water is collected and filtered. It's what replenishes the water table. Mm-hmm which is fantastic because it's like nature has its own systems Mm -hmm. for taking care of some of these things. So anyway, this huge wetland was used as a dumping site for a lot of these factories and... See, butter is near there. I don't know if butter was Yeah, so these landlords who were just depositing their sewage right in that area, and it was such a mess. So these people, they noticed what was happening and they tried to follow up with the authorities. Like, you know, these guys are dumping. We need to protect this area. You need to fence it. All of those things that you would hope would happen. Mm -hmm. But obviously... For whatever reason, and it falls within Kiambu County, so for whatever reason, Kiambu County was not able to respond mm-hmm. in a way that would restore this area. So they took it upon themselves to the extent that they formed a sort of a vigilante group mm-hmm. that monitors that area. They, 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 take, they have teams of two who spend the night in that area every night watching to see which, which vehicles are mm. coming in to, to dump. They take photos of this exhausters mm. they take that information to the police mm. then the police are following up and are arresting up actually. yes mm. they're actually arresting mm-hmm. um these these offenders for environmental pollution and it's been such a success to the to the extent that you can see life coming back to this wetland there's fish again there's mm. all of these little micro biomes that are being restored now they even have a tour company mm-hmm. that they have set up so that you can take say your kids and you 
and you go and you go for a hands-on environmental lesson and it's nice. such an, an amazing story yeah. and i wish our local media could really yeah. follow up and show people what a community yeah. once they decide that's amazing they can do and yeah. i think there's also that effort because we've had the same challenges that brazil has with the amazon mm-hmm. with our mau mm-hmm. and our abadeas yeah. yeah. so abadeas was successfully restored because they fenced the area and then you know we have these events uh, annually that like rhino charge mm-hmm. which are trying to raise money to ensure that that fence stays in place mm-hmm. to protect the abadea range mm-hmm. um so now there's a push for the Mao because for years the Mao has been depleted yeah. and we are feeling it right now. Mm. We've, we've felt what has happened because of mm. that depletion. Mm. Um, so it's, 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 it's difficult because we feel like we have too many struggles. Like mm. I need to struggle about my child's health, my education, my safety, my, my, my living, to worry about the environment. Mm-hmm. But the environment has a direct impact to all of these things mm-hmm. that I'm worrying about. Yeah. If yeah. I'm not living in a safe because place... Because it, it, it's, it's direct, but then to some extent it's also indirect because you're just like, you know, if I'm able... What I need to do today, I need to take my child to school. So if the environment is not like physically at your door stopping you from taking you, you know, you, you, it's an indirect thing. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, if, if, but if I but take my child to school, in, yeah. yeah, if I take my child to school and they have to purchase water because they can no longer exactly. get kanjo water, yeah. then the water is coming from some septic place. And then mm-hmm. my kid has cholera. Yeah. It is a direct, a direct. So mm-hmm. now my costs increase because now I have to pay for the healthcare yeah. and all of that, mm. all of that lost revenue because of health, yeah. because of the environment. So there's a direct correlation. And it's and I think maybe now these efforts to kind of start early with kids mm-hmm. because for us it almost feels like a lost cause. Like you guys are past yeah, the yeah. behavior change phase, so maybe we can start with the kids. And but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I was thinking. I feel when frustrated. I was thinking, yeah, I was thinking. You know, if this is Greta's problem, and it's also my child is five and two, my children are five and two, yeah. then it's also their problem for sure. They're yeah. gonna feel um, the brunt of it. But at the end of the day, yeah. uh, Sophie. Um, it all comes down to enforcement. That story you told, yes, it would not have worked without the enforcing part. What, what's if you take a picture? So you go and take the picture to where? <laughs> if, if if you're taking it to the cop and the cop is actually arresting, yeah. that's where the rubber hits the road. Yeah, yeah. But if you have people there uh, looking and taking pictures and they have nowhere to take that picture to or to enforce, yeah. then the whole issue, the whole thing dies. This, which is now what needs to be replicated at the higher level. Uh, right. these, these accords that are signed globally. Yeah. What are the consequences of not uh, obeying? Yeah. Um, and, and I think there's also the underlying in that story is also the persistence of that community. If yeah. they have decided, like you said with Hong Kong, when they decide, yeah. they decide. If it means we are dying, look at what happened with Wangari Mathai. Mm. She was like, if it is dying, it is I'm dying, dying yeah. but you're not getting into Karura Forest. Yeah. You're not going to get in here. Yeah. And that's essentially what she did. Yeah. So we have to get to that level where we see that this is our life. Our mm-hmm. life is at stake. And for mm-hmm. communities that understand that, they are ready to sacrifice themselves. Even mm-hmm. those marginal groups in our forest, like the Ogiek and those mm-hmm. communities that they find in there, they're like, we are ready to take it to the end yeah. because this is our life and our livelihood. So it's that change of attitude where it says you're not going to throw your trash out of the window. Yeah. Because you can. I see those people when you're in traffic and, and they driving just throw. And you're like, you with all your so, middle class education yeah. and exposure, and this is the yeah. you're throwing cartons out of, out yeah. of your window. It's mm. so vexing. Mm. So it has to get to that point where you're like, this is. I, I'll have to say something about it, and if it costs me, then it has. I have to be willing to to go that. But most of us are not willing for ready for that discomfort. Yeah, that is going to cost me. You see what Greta had to do to get attention. She had to sail. Yeah, solo. I know. 
It's not solo. She went solo. Who she did she go with? She's not on her own. Someone was man- doing that boat. Okay, someone else. But then she was <laughs> in her own boat. Yeah. But really, look at what it takes for people to sit up and be like, Enyewe, you ukona mana. You have to sail around the world by yourself. Treacherous seas, maybe beaten by sharks. I know. Just to make a point of, this is our future. And the, I mean... When you watch Will Smith's special, uh, what yeah, was it I've called? Yeah, I've been seeing that on Netflix. And you see how they talk about the Amazon. Yeah. You you are just amazed. That yeah. place is... And, it's and even the One connected. Planet. The One Planet uh, series. Yeah, my the God. series by yeah. the BBC. Because yeah. it's all connected. So we, right now we might think that the Amazon is so far away. Yeah, but it is at your doorstep. But when that smoke blows and makes its way, mm-hmm. like it did, you know, this, the Singapore Grand Prix was affected because of a fire that was happening in Indonesia. Imagine. There was a forest fire. Mm. The Grand Prix <laughs> could not... Lewis you Hamilton and, <laughs> and his buddies... He could not breathe. Could not race because yeah. the air was polluted. Yeah. And what more can you do? I mean, it, you, there's not enough money in the world to save you from air pollution yeah. and water pollution. Yeah. Yeah. Because where will you get a replacement? Exactly. This is the this is the this only. Is uh, it. Yeah. You, we are exploring uh, <laughs> Mars, but but for now, uh, yeah. Right now, this in, is this in is the short it. term. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. And if once we pollute the water and we pollute the air, yeah, we might as well just dig the graves and lay in them yeah. and just wait for the end. So, Sophia, in terms of way forward, I I, I don't want even to be as facetious or as as <laughs> as. Let me tell you, this is just be realistic. We are yeah. going to have this discussion and it's going to be the end and we're going to carry on with our daily lives. Yeah. Um, yes, it should be, it will probably be a thought in the back of our heads, but we need to think about, you know, what are we doing? Uh, how are we living our day-to-day lives? How are we affecting the environment? How can we, in our own spheres, uh, influence our, our lawmakers mm-hmm. um, to make climate positive uh, legislation uh, in our country and, and affect them. So I, I don't know. Um, I want to put this call out to our listeners. Um, yeah. We'd really like to hear from you. Um, how is this affecting you? Are you thinking about it at all? Um, what are ways in our day-to-day lives that we can realistically incorporate climate change uh uh, prevention policies in our day-to-day living. Is it realistic? Are we just blowing smoke up our, <laughs> our dears? Um, um, I think when I think about the legislation and, and involving lawmakers, that for me seems like a lost cause. Um, just given what we know about our, our lawmakers, this is not priority. Maybe the ones who are being affected by the Mao, those have seen the direct consequences of chopping down the trees. So maybe those guys are ready to move with some action. But my emphasis or my push would be on the community level, just like these guys in Kikuyu have mm-hmm. done. We have to make those concerted efforts ourselves. Whether it's, like I'm saying, in a, a space as small as your neighborhood, your three to four neighbors in your block, if you decide this is something that we have to do and instill, make decisions about whether what purchases we are making or make better decisions about, you know, driving you know drive less that's one of the things that is being touted so what can we do on those levels what Mm. can we do in our schools because i think once you get the kids once you get the kids roped into it Mm. i think for them i see a possibility of Mm. a positive future outcome and when you're doing when you're making change make sure you involve your children yeah because they're the ones who are going to take this forward and they're the ones who me are so badly if it doesn't if it doesn't work so I'm Excellent. scared. I'm really scared. I, I, I don't like talking about climate change because it scares me. Every time I've seen a documentary about it, I feel like it's the apocalypse mm. is tomorrow. Mm. 
like something catastrophic is going to happen mm. because the world is suddenly two degrees hotter than it was yeah. yesterday. So yeah. it scares me. And then maybe there are people who feel that way too. They're like, it's too big. It's too scary. Let's not even yeah. talk about it. Yeah. But, but we can do something about it. And let's, and we have two, we've proposed two great ideas and I don't do know, guys, part, people. Let, let's, we'll try and also do our part, but let's, let's think about ways, realistic ways we can make changes. These are just two, two suggestions. Maybe you have your own. Uh, let us know. Uh, tweet us, follow us on social media, comment, give us ideas, and we'll try to tangaza them as much as possible. Yeah. Right. So, guys, thanks for listening. Uh, it's been a great discussion. And uh, paka next time. Cheers. Bye-bye.